We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. Okay. We, we, we have been dealing with the privilege of sonship. Right? Privilege of sonship. So we'll continue with the privilege of Jesus as we are called to imitate. All the things that be not as though they were. And because he called them, they were. Or they came to where. They came to be. Because he called them forth as though they were. So we're looking at the privilege of Jesus. We looked at the fact that we are now sons of God. And the sons of God are his ambassadors in the earth, right? Because we are called into the ministry of reconciliation, right? We are ministers of reconciliation like the patterns on the first son. And we are sons of God, right? And then we said ambassadors enjoy the privilege of the ascending country. Yeah, whoever sends you, backs you or pays your bills. You're not responsible for yourself, right? Awesome. And then we looked at the fact that Jesus enjoyed the privilege of the ears of the Father. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. You have heard me. And I know that you hear me always. You know, so I'm sorry that I'm, I'm, I'm having to say something. It's just because of these people that they might believe that you sent me. You know, in other words, Jesus did not need to pray to be. He actually prayed because he was. He didn't pray to have. He prayed because he had. He prayed from what he had. You know, he would say things like, do you not think I could call my father and he could send legions of angels? That was somebody who was aware of who he was. And this is Jesus as a man. It's important you understand that. Jesus did not die as a God. He died as a man. So whenever he did things, and this also goes to further buttress what I said earlier about the fact that it is possible even if it's difficult. Because you know a lot of times they look at Jesus and want to deify him. They want to, they want to see him as some sort of God. And he will say he will always refer to himself as son of man. So he was quick to show them, I am doing this as a man. Because spirits do not die. That's the whole essence of immortality. Spirits do not die. So for God to die, God had to become flesh. The word became what could die. Make sense? The word became flesh. Because only flesh can die. Only flesh can be a sacrifice. Only blood can be offered and spirits don't have blood. Because spirits don't have bodies. Make sense? And it took a man to die. So Jesus was in the flesh. And as, as, as a man, as son of man, he said, I can call my father to send angels. As son of man, he says, peace be still. It was a son of man, they said, who is he that the winds and the waves obey him? It was a son of man, they said, look, the, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. As, as son of man, he had such awareness of privilege that you cannot afford to survive in, you cannot, you actually can, you cannot survive in the earth without awareness of your privilege. A son. It's people that are not aware of their privilege as sons that pray prayers like, Oh, Father, as I sleep tonight, I declare that no witch 
chaff like no 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 if we who are aware know that the witches are aware do you understand you pray no 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 we we know they know we know <laughs> and we we know they know so we don't spend time praying prayers father every demonic manip- no 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 they know and I don't, I don't know why it's so difficult for us to understand New Testament. What am I preaching to? Because the seven sons of Sceva, Gabriel, seven sons of Sceva, went out after watching Paul do one or two things. And said, this thing, we can try it all. And they went out and found a man who was possessed by devils. And they said, we command you in the name of the Jesus that Paul preaches. Demons announced to the seven sons of a priest. Seven PKs. They announced and said, Jesus. Did you hear that? Demons told the guys, we know Jesus. We have an understanding with Jesus. How do we know that? The man at the tomb, the sepulcher in Nazareth, Legion, they said, we are many. They said, please don't cast us into the abyss. Before then, they said to him, before he spoke to them, they said, well, Master, what have we to do with you? As soon as the demon saw Jesus, they started speaking to him. 6,000 of them. They said, ah, ah, now. We thought you, you, you left you in heaven. They know him. So what have we to do with you? Okay, now we know you are going to last, last, cast us out. Okay, don't send us to our base because you know that's the first place now you're about to send us to. <laughs> don't send us to... Yeah, we have unfinished business. <laughs> We're not going to abyss. Send us into the pigs. And Jesus was like, okay, all right. You could tell he was having a good day. He was having a good day. Yeah, okay, yeah, you go in the pigs. And as soon as they entered the pigs, they did exactly what they do if you give them a body. Ruin it. Ran the pigs off the cliff into the water. So imagine a herd of pigs, hundreds or thousands of pigs running... <laughs> So that's how we know that they know Jesus. They have understandings. So they said to the sons of Sceva, Jesus we know. Then they said, Paul, whose name you said, preach this Jesus. Him too, Paul. We know. He has dealt us many, many, many bad, bad blows. We know him. And then they said, you, who are you? So we know. And because we know, we know that they know. And they also know when we know. When we know, they know. And they don't come. There's some place they don't, they don't come. They don't come. We don't need to do anything. So, we, oh, Pav, you don't know what people are. They're taking pictures. To, they take it. They're taking pictures to places. You don't know where they've taken your name to. Take it! Because you don't know that my name is not Alexander. It's not my name. That's what my mother called me. But now are we the sons of God. That's our name. We are co-heirs with the name. Do you understand? We are co-heirs with the name. The name is our name. He's just the firstborn. Same is our name. So some things we don't worry about. We look at how Jesus operated and we operate in the same way. And you go, oh, that was in the days of Jesus. No, no, no. It's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Same. Same. He hasn't changed. Time ain't got nothing on him. Season says civilization ain't got nothing on him. In him, all things hold together. In him, all things 
consist. First Colossians 1.16. In him all things hold together. And 17. He upholds all things by the word of his power. Hebrews 1 and 4. So he has such privilege. He has the ears of the father. And we enjoy the same privilege. Hallelujah. We enjoy the same privilege. Of the ears of the father. The ear, the ear. In other words, when you speak, we know he hears. No, see, you see, God hears. Oh, his ear is not deaf. So God hearing is not the issue. You knowing that he's hearing is the issue. Yeah, first of all, if we know that he hears us, we have. First John 5, 15. If we know. I know you have heard me. Whew. So you just, you just say something out loud and that's it. You're not waiting for the wind to blow differently. Father, if it's you, show me a sign. You wait. Because what Jesus told you, this, this, the, the, the crowd, he said, only an adulterous generation. <laughs> you, know that, you know that scripture, right? It's only an adulterous generation seeks for a sign. You see? Because you, 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 you can start to feel like you're Gideon. You know, Father, if it's you, yeah? You know the story, you know? I'll put this thing on the ground. Yeah? Let it be wet in the morning. Let everywhere around it be dry. God did it. See, no, it's not enough. Okay, so now this morning, let it be dry. Let everything. <laughs> and you'll be, you'll be there in your room. I want cat to come and wee on your face tower. outside. You get up and say, oh, it's wet. It's a, it's a miracle. You go and kill yourself. Ah, he has moved from types and shadows to substance. I've said over and over that the beginning of error is the failure to understand that at the cross, dispensations changed. You cannot approach God the same way then, now. It changed. It changed. The dispensations changed. He's not God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not God of Elijah and Moses. He's not God of the people that, apart from us, could not be made perfect. We have a substance that outweighs that. And before you say, what is this guy saying? Look at your Bible. Go to Hebrews 11, 39 and 40. These all died not having obtained the promise. Hebrews, 39 and, Hebrews 11, 39. All this, and this, all these, the, the these, eh? are the Abrahams, Rahabs, Gideons, Daniels, people that stopped the mouths of lions, Samson, Moses, Isaac, all of that, you know. All these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Put it in the TPT. These were the true heroes, no doubt, commended for their faith, yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised them. See the next verse, verse 40. Stay in the TPT. But now, God has invited us to live in something better than what they had. Faith's fullness. This is so that they could be brought to finished perfection alongside of us. King James said, so that apart from us, they could not be made perfect. So we're not standing here and looking for, oh, I'm looking forward to the day. I stand in the day of the Lord. Now, I, again, I said to you 10 minutes ago, the fact that it doesn't look like it. Hebrews 2 deals with that. 
Hebrews 2 verse 7 deals with that. All things are subject to him. And it doesn't look like all things are subject to him right now. We do not see all things subject to him. Go to verse 8. For you have placed everything under his authority. This means that God has left nothing outside the control of his son. Even if presently we have yet to see this accomplished. Now the fact that we cannot see its full manifestation in every sphere of our lives does not mean it is not real. And when you understand this, you will cease to see yourself as somebody that life is doing something nasty to. No, there's nothing. You are in control of it. Because all things are subject to your elder brother. And to you, by extension, because you share in the authority of the son. So we do not see all things. I see where but verse 9 says beautifully, but we see Jesus. We see he to him all things are subject. And seeing him is enough. We, do, we don't see everything subject to it. No, but our reality is that I'm not a seeker. That's, that's reality. The film trick is whatever you think that tries to happen. What is coming to do is to test your reality. So you stay on your reality long enough. Long enough until it lines up. All things are subject to him. All things. All things. It doesn't look like it. Oh, if God is in control, why is there a tsunami? Because God is in control. Where did the tsunami happen? Outside his control? If he's Lord of hosts, what host is he not Lord of? Joshua said, are you for us or against us? And the guy said, I'm not either for you or against you. I'm captain of the Lord's host. Don't you know who I am? I'm Jesus standing here. Okay, you don't know me by that name yet. I'm the pre-incarnate son. It was Jesus that appeared to Jehoshua. Joshua. And Joshua fell down and worshipped. You don't worship angels. Paul makes that clear in Colossians 2. We will deal with it today. So we don't see everything subject, but doesn't mean it isn't. It is. It is subject. How many of you have a mind? If you have a mind, lift your hand up. You have a mind. M-I-N-D. Mind. Prove it. Where is your mind? Do you have a mind? Are you sure you have a mind? Where is it? How many of you have emotions? Where is it? Yeah. So I'm very emotional. Are your emotions tangible? Uncle, when you feel mushy, you know you feel mushy. Yes, Nobody will tell you otherwise. Yes, but if we checked and scanned your entire anatomy, we cannot find your emotion. If we scanned every single cell in your body, billions of nerves in your body, we cannot find your mind. But nobody can convince you that your mind does not exist inside you. Because your mind is not apart from you. Show it to me. If there is God, where is he? Answer the 80s. Show me your mind. If you have a mind, where is it? Because you cannot attack my understanding and faith of a God that cannot be seen above your believing you have a mind. You cannot see your proof exists. Excuse me. Do you have a mind? Can we see your mind? Does the fact that we cannot see your mind negate the existence of your mind? So you see, there's a difference between reality and tangibility. Because you see, we have ended up reducing reality to only what is tangible. But reality transcends tangibility. As believers, we have reduced our faith 
only to merely what is tangible. Now, between your mind and your body, which one is more powerful? So, your body is tangible. You can touch it. And what cannot be touched is more real. It's so real that it controls what we can touch. All of this that we can touch are governed by the law of what is intangible. And yet, that is what is more real. That is what is so real that it dictates what is tangible. So you cannot, as a son of God, be stuck at the realm of tangibility. There's more to reality than what is tangible. And he's just outside that box, that cocoon of tangible. That's where he is. Just one step outside what is tangible. That's where you step into reality. That's the matrix of the son of God. You know, you watch matrix and everything happens in somebody's mind. And, and it's such a real world in a matrix. So we do not see, but we see. So when you pray to the Father in the name of the Son, according to the will of the Father, you know that he heard. Because the realm that you transmuted to, as much as you cannot touch it, is real. Is this your reality, your tangibility now that is actually fake? That's why you will not have, oh, Holy Spirit, help me. You will not have glorified spirits. You will have glorified bodies. You will have bodies that are now consistent with that higher state of reality. Because this body cannot interpret that reality. That's why at the moment it appears intangible. So regeneration is when immortality takes up from, from mortality. Where corruption sheds and you take, take an incorruptible body that is consistent with your real spirit. That's you. A body that can give expression to your spirit. This body is limiting. This body is limiting. This body is restraining. And so you cannot spend all your energies looking at life from the dictates of your body. You, you know God made man before he gave me a body. God made man. When he said let us make man. He made man in that matrix. And then after God made man, then God formed this body and then breathed the man he had made into the body. And man became, he didn't say man became a human being. Man became a spirit, a living soul. The Hebrew word for that is nefesh, a being. It doesn't suggest what is animate. God made man. Where did God make man? In the God realm. And then injected him into the body he formed. The writer says, a body has thou prepared for me. Do you understand? So this body is the most inferior part of your existence. What you can touch is the most inferior part of your existence. So you can't spend all your time and money trying to look after the most inferior part of you. It's not profitable. So we know he hears us. We have his ears. We know. We know. Somebody say we know. No. Yeah, it's a, it's a knowing. So you pray and, you know, those days. I tell you, pray, pray, pray. You pray. 
Okay, we're going to pray some more. We don't have a release. Okay. Yeah. Because we are measuring answered prayer by how much effort we put in. So you are praying, looking at the clock, like, ah, only 20 minutes. No, God will not answer this prayer. God will not answer this prayer. Nah, don't go walk. You now ginger. See, today, I will go one hour. Please wake me up at 2 a.m. I have a date with the Lord. Wake up, wash. Pour water with your eyes open. Because, see, religious people have mastered the art of sleeping awake. You know, sleeping awake. You're in IVG. You are walking up and down and you are sleeping. And as if they program you, you know exactly when to answer amen. In Jesus' much from whatever planet you have traveled. Amen! You come back and answer amen. And then you wait and hear the next prayer point. And then you go back into sleep. You will stand at a pillar like this. And you are sleeping. Brother, how was that with Brother, we bless God. It was powerful. It was powerful. Because we want to feel the prayer. Yeah. My brother, I prayed. My brother, I prayed. My brother. That's where that's what, that's what we come up with silly things like heaven will not rest until I'm blessed. It's this level of reducing faith to tangibility that has informed that nonsense. Heaven will not rest. So, so what does it for you is how loud you shout. Have you gone and read 1 Kings 17? Mount, Mount Campbell. It's not 1 Kings 17. It's 1 Kings. Let's go to it. 1 Kings 17 is where he says, There shall be no rain, no dew. Verse 1, and Elijah the Tishbite. That's the first mention of Elijah. No, his father's name we don't know. His mother's name we don't know. Where he came from we don't know. Who his brothers were we don't know. Elijah the Tishbite. Said to Ahab of the inheritance of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be no dew or rain these years except at my word. Someone just shows up from Gilead. I said, no rain, no dew, except I say so. And he disappears. And he became a victim of his own prophecy. <laughs> yeah? That's how the thing starts. And then it leads to verse chapter 18. Right up to chapter 18 and verse 26. 18, 26. So they took the bull, which was given them, because, you know, let, let the God answers by fire. And they prepared it, and they called on the name of Baal from morning, even till noon, six hours. Oh, Baal, hear us! But there was no voice. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. Just picture Christian religion as I'm talking, as, as, as we're reading this. And you run around this altar seven times. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he's a God. Now, referring to Baal. He's a God. Either he is meditating, or he's busy, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. A mockery they even took serious. See the next verse. And cut themselves. Self-mutilation. A Catholic practice till today. As was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. Let me show you one more scripture. I don't know why I'm coming here. But he knows. Matthew 6, 78. This is before the cross. 
Please have First Kings 18 at the, at the back of your mind. Matthew 6, 7. Please, can we all see this? And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions. Who is speaking? Jesus, the person you are praying to. The person in whose name you are praying. Says when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. Heathen, go back to the guys praying to Baal in First Kings 18 and the like. So the prayer of vain repetition is what kind of prayer? Heathen. Who said it? Jesus, not Pav. So you can shoot the messenger. You can't shoot the message. And that's why it don't bother me no more because I am just a messenger. Jesus is the one speaking. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. TPT. When you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases. Praying like those who don't know God. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. Stay there, put it in the message. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors. Bible, Bible. Message. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. It gets worse. They are full of formulas and programs and advice. Peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Put it up from the top of this verse. Verse 7. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They are full of formulas and programs and advice. Peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Prayer warriors. Prayer ignorant. Formulas. Advice. Techniques. Peddling. That is transacting. Do this. Do that. The Lord showed me to you. I saw a pot. You have to. Technique. And the pot is always in the village. The pot is never in Dubai. And never buried your destiny in New York. Even Abuja. It's not good enough to bury pot over your matter. All the pot they are seeing is in the village. We have to go to your village and conduct deliverance. Why can we not go to Dubai? There's a pot in your village under one old tree. It's never, we have not even heard of coconut tree. There's always bamboo tree, mahogany, iroko. Trees that are not even economically vi vi vibrant. What is that technique? In order to do it, you must pour this oil seven times. Run around, shout the name of Jesus. That what will happen? Vain repetition. Shout it louder. The louder your amen. Doing exactly what Jesus wonders against. And loving it. And justifying it. And fighting to preserve it. And attacking anyone that speaks otherwise. Because you think everybody's eyes are still covered. This is an era of light. Light! Like it or not. It's an era of light. People say, oh, Pav, ah, ah, it's not the same Bible. It's there. Can you not see it? And this is Jesus speaking. Not somebody who say, well, you know, Paul didn't quite say it. You know, Luke wrote to the Gentiles. Matthew wrote to the Jews. You know, Mark wrote to the church. You know how we start to... No, this is Jesus speaking. And they think they will be heard of their father because of their many words. 
See verse 8. Stay in the message. We'll come to New King James. We'll stay in the message and go to verse 8. Because when I say these words, you see how Pav is being disrespectful. See there. I can Pav call it nonsense. Jesus said it. Don't fall for this nonsense. Go ahead. This is your father you are dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. This is your father you are dealing with and he knows better than you because he's realer than what is tangible to you. He knows what you need. It is therefore, as it were, faithless to ask for what he knows you have because if you, ha- if you need it, you have it. If he knows you have it, you need it. If he knows you need it, you have it. Father! 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 By fire! By fire! By fire! Vain repetition. Oh, oh, Pav, you are shaking tables. No, we are destroying empires. Empires we are destroying. It's not tables. No, this knowledge is too big to just be shaking a table. No. We're not the level of shaking tables. Babylon is coming down. That's, That's what it is. Vain repetition. Let's do this. Let's go. You will not go there. There are seven problems you have. So you need seven prophets for seven days. Formula. You do it for seven days. Okay. For 14 days. It has become a pharmaceutical prescription. So that God will now sit down on his throne. Jesus is at his right hand. And then they are both looking and going, hey, yeah. Uh, oh, she have tried. She have really tried. She has cleaned the chairs in the church. She has washed the toilet. Because a lot of you do that in order to get the favor of God. So you are actually the reason why your pastors have become that way. Because if we don't attach something to something, you will not do it. You will not do it. So you wash the chairs, clean the toilet, do this. To unlock breakthrough. A word that is not in the scriptures. Breakthrough. It's not a word you find in scripture. It's not a concept you find in scripture. Breakthrough. It's a Pentecostally coined jargon that is alien to the gospel of Christ. Breakthrough. What are you breaking through? When the wall is torn and the veil is open, what what are you breaking through? Breakthrough. So if I can break through, I don't need Jesus. I just stay and hit my head against that wall long enough, long enough, long enough, long enough, and I will break through. So why do we need to come to church? Why do we need to give and sow when we can just use our own head and break until we break through? Do you understand what I'm saying? Why am I giving you money when I can put the money in the issue I'm trying to fix and claim the breakthrough? If I decide to not give you money and decide to do IVF and I put all the money together and do IVF, I shall get a child. Oh, you know what? I'm trusting God for money for business. Bring your hoe. Bring your sewing machine. Bring something that signifies your job. You know, bring it late on the altar. Just show it as a seed. No, you can just stay at that job long enough. Long enough. Time and chance happen to them all. So why you call it breakthrough if it's God that's doing it? God is doing something you broke through. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Our faith, not our works. Not our performance. Our faith. And this faith that is our faith is his faith. The faith of the Son of God. Galatians 2.20. Ephesians 2.8 and 9. It's his faith. Nobody, no human being can generate faith. Faith is a divinely generated virtue that only God can give. 
Holy God. So when you pray, don't be like them. Don't fall for this nonsense. Take us back to Matthew 6 and 8. Imitate, eh? New King James says, therefore do not be like them. Why are you different, sir? It's because we are trying to not be like them. It's just what Jesus said, sir. Why not pray like that? He said we should not be like them. Why are you not praising and, and the music being about your waist? Because we are the circumcision. We worship in the spirit, not in the music. We worship in the spirit, not in the groove. Because the average Christian religious church attender does not want words. They just want groove. Most of what you are dancing to, you have no clue what it's about. And you don't care. Because at the point you are coming and dancing, hey, 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 my, what, you know, what you're taking is opium. Just dulling your senses to the realities of the world. Just dance your problem away. Dance. And his problem is waiting for you outside. So when you see a song that has three lines, four lines, uh, uh, how will we be reading a song like Jam Question? Because you're used to just Stimulating your flesh to no avail like the heathen. But we worship in the spirit, Philippians 3.3. 3. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. It is we who are the circumcision. Not people who have been physically circumcised. We are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence. Tipity. For we have already experienced heart circumcision. And we worship God in the power and freedom of the Holy Spirit. Not in laws and religious duties. We are those who boast in what Jesus Christ has done. And not in what we can accomplish in our own strength. Oh, but Pav is crazy and mad. Join the queue. Yes, this is what makes me different. Yes, Message. We didn't come to do what everybody's doing. Yes, the real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to walk away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. Imitate. We'll come to worship. It's further on in the series. We couldn't carry this off by our own efforts. And we know it. Go on. Even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials. And he goes into, if anyone needs to boast, I must, I am much more. We're doing this by the Spirit of God. So we worship differently. Everybody can choose to worship like this and follow this and say, this is the biggest worship leader in the world. And we can come and say, no, this is not what Scripture says. When praises go up, blessings come down, it's not in Scripture. So we will not sing it. All people are proud. Blah, blah, let God be true. Let every man be a liar. No. Which blessings come down because which praises go up? So it's you that tells God what to do? Because God is your cabiesi. So we reduce our faith to tangibility. But what is our reality? If I speak, he hears. I know he hears. I don't know why I'm hammering this today. But I know it's for somebody. If I pray in accordance to his will, I know he hears. 
For instance, Holy Spirit, help me today. I have never seen a New Testament example besides 2 Corinthians 12. And 2 Corinthians 12, we are not sure whether it was a physical infirmity or not. When, when Paul says, I know of a man, whether in the body or not in the body, I do not know, only God knows, who was caught up in the third heaven. And he says, because of the weight of the revelations, a messenger of Satan was given to buffet my flesh. Now, Paul already had a limp, according to Bible history. He already had a limp because he had been severely beaten many times for the gospel. So Paul already had a mangled body. According to Bible history, Paul actually lost some inches of his height as he progressed because of how many times he was beaten. So when Paul says, let no man trouble me, for I bear upon me the marks of Christ, it wasn't spiritual marks we were talking about. Because you know, I want to go and exegete and go here. It's a blessing, you know, as you go now, let no man trouble you. Nonsense. Scripture cannot mean today what it did not mean when it was first written. Paul was saying, you know what? Can you see what I've gone through? He said in beatings, in shipwrecks, he listed them. He said, let no man trouble me. For this Christ, though, I have paid the price upon my body. Look at my body. You will see scars for the gospel. It was not a meta- metaphorical, hyperbole. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. As you go, I release the marks of Christ upon you. So, if you take out 2 Corinthians 12, which we do not know whether it was a physical infirmity or whether it was something else. If you take out 2 Corinthians 12, there is nowhere in the New Testament that we have any indication that God does not desire to heal his people. In other words, we can safely conclude that it is God's express will that every sick person be healed. Anything outside that is the exception rather than the norm. The norm, God's default will, his default response to sickness is healing. Do you understand? So your default response to when a person is sick is to invoke the reality of healing. Even over yourself. And get up and continue and let the sickness understand who's boss. Because it's not in what you feel, it's in what you know. And it exists more real than what you feel, what you can touch and sense, like your mind. Some of you are even so powerful, you have two minds. You know, you say, oh, sister, one mind was telling me that if I go, something happened. The other mind was not telling me, you know, that if I stay. Some of you even have a third mind. And then, you, then they'll be talking Marvel Avengers with the half superpowers and you don't mention yourself. You're a superhero. You are the 30th Marvel Avenger. You, Captain America, all of them, you're all in the same club. Only you manage to have theory. Theory mind. You sit down like this, you are navig- only you are navigating inside minds. This mind, you know, yeah, this mind, okay, this mind, that mind. Ah, they should do Incredibles movie for only you. <laughs> they should do Incredibles for you. Your mind is, is there, it's real. You can't, you, can't, you can't show it, you can't prove it. You can't show me your conscience. Holy Spirit, you came out today. See, when Caleb was praying, the Holy Spirit said, where is the 
Sony. Where's Sony? Said when he was praying, the Hebrews 13, verse 5, the Holy Spirit showed me this scripture. Uh, where's the Holy Spirit? Bring Holy Spirit, let's see. Christ in you. Where is Christ? How is he in you and at the right hand of the Father at the same time? In what substance is he in you? No, let's leave you in him first. In what substance is Christ in you? As what is he in you? I don't feel him. I, I look for him. I don't. Where have you seen your mind? But you believe that your mind spoke to you. Oh, I'm hearing voices in my mind. You believe your mind and you cannot believe the reality of Christ in you because it is not tangible. Then you should shut down your mind, your emotions and everything that is metaphysical about you. Because these things exist as small symbols. Do you understand? The reason why your mind exists and you can't see it is so that it becomes easier for you to understand his reality even when you can't see him. Because you switch off your mind now. Can't. You can only renew it. I don't feel Jesus. I don't. You come to church, you say, oh, I came to church. I didn't feel his presence. It's because you came that his presence was not felt. Because his presence is not a feeling. His presence is a knowing. You know. You just know. If I am here, he is here. In the real substance of the spirit. My real substance. That's why my body can die and I'm alive. Because it's not your human body that received eternal life. That's why you will die. Do you understand? Eternal life is not in the realm of your body. Because your body cannot handle it. So it's in the realm of your spirit. The realm of your soul. And when this time is over and you shed this body, then you receive a body that now becomes the full expression of eternal life. That's why eternal life is your reality now and is also a hope. Oh, Jesus. Are you here? Somebody say, I know he hears me. I know he hears me. <laughs> know he hears me. It's, it's, it's something I ought to know. And therefore I can imitate. He hears me. I'm a son. If I open my mouth to speak, heaven hears. Heaven there. Heaven here. Oh, heaven is in my heart. Because you are sat with Christ. You are sat with Christ. In the heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 2. God made us to sit together with Jesus. Because we are joint heirs. We are sat together with Jesus. In the heavenly places in Jesus. (laughs) Do you understand? He's had the right hand of the Father. Interceding for you. That right hand of the father is not in your heart. For the Lord shall descend with a shout. He is not going to descend from your heart. Okay. You know how we can understand some gospel and we start to become esoteric. He will descend with a loud shout and a trump sound. Not from your heart. 
Second coming is not coming from inside your heart. <laughs> but he's in your heart. And at that coming, it is him in your heart he's coming for. That's why he dropped himself in your heart so that he can recognize who he's coming for when he comes. That's why the Holy Spirit has been given us as a guarantee, as a deposit. He's not looking, coming looking for works. He's not coming looking for prayer and fast. He's not coming looking. He's coming looking for what he deposited. If I pay something as a deposit and I get in there and I'm trying to pay, pay, pay the balance and pick it, you're not going to bring me something else. Same one, same one, same one, same quality, same substance. Give me what I paid for. So he's in your heart. Heaven here. He's at the throne, heaven there. Oh, heaven is in my heart. Yes, and then there is where God is the Father. Are you following me? And that's how all of you can now be in the one that's inside you. That's how all of you can be in the one that is inside you. Because what is inside you is a substance, a deposit, a guarantee. Does that make sense? Of what is yet to be grasped. Because this your body cannot handle it. Because, you know, think of all of God in you. Deposit. That's your reality. Because of what I have, I am assured of what I will have. Do you understand? Yeah. So when I pray, I know he hears. Because God cannot but hear God. <laughs> if God is speaking, then God is hearing. Because we are sons of God. We have him in us. And that's why it's important to pray less and pray more. Matthew 6, Jesus just showed you, pray less. Yes, sir. Shut up. Cha 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 And Jesus said, cha 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 shut up. Shrink it down in two words. Pray less. This was Jesus with them, Emmanuel. He says, now, I have to go. <laughs> because after all this one, now you're working with me and all that. It's not profitable for you if I don't go. If I, if I don't go, you can't enter the next level. Because Emmanuel is not the next level. God with us is not the, is not the next level. God in us is what it's about. Because how many places do you want to go dragging my body with you? You know, Jesus, come and go with us. No, you know what? So it's not, it's not helpful. I need to go and come in a form that everybody can carry. I need to go and come in the form everybody can carry. So he goes and comes. Alos, parakletos. Another of the same and he enters you. And then he's now in you. And you carry him anywhere. One of the primary ministries of the Holy Spirit, besides being a deposit and being a guarantee, is that the Holy Spirit is the only one that has the title intercessor. Taught you this when we talked about prayer. For we know not how to pray, Romans 8, as we ought. But who helps us? And what does he pray? The mind of the Father. Because nobody knows the mind. First Corinthians 2. No one knows the mind of God except the 
Spirit of God. So we have been given the Spirit of God so that we can know all that has been given to us. So how does God guarantee that you stand in his will? Holy Spirit. How do you ensure that you're walking in the benefit of standing in his will? Shut up. And let him pray. That's why I said pray less. <laughs> pray less and pray more. Because when the Holy Spirit is praying, you're not the one who's praying. It is him. So you open your mouth and you declare something you're understanding and then you pray in the Holy Ghost. And that's it. The rest is his business. Because if the Holy Ghost is praying through me, the Father has no choice but to hear. And because I know that, I know he has heard. Because it's the Holy Spirit that's praying. Sweet life. Sweet life. I get up. I don't have to think about it. Father, I don't know what to pray. I never need to know what to pray. Hello? No believer is called to know what to pray. Or else Paul will not have said, we know not how to pray as we ought. <laughs> you are not called to figure out how to pray. Father, I don't even know what I should be saying right about now. <laughs> I guess this is the point where I say to you, how are you doing? <laughs> how was your day? Did you sleep? Oh, you don't sleep, innit? Or slumber, innit? <laughs> so, I'm sorry, Lord, you know, forgive me. I, I didn't mean to disrespect you and all, innit? But, um, so I guess this is me just trying to, like, reach out, innit? And just, like, you know, just, like, you know, you know, you know I'm, I'm not sure how this thing goes and all, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure being God is really tough, innit? You know, it's like, like, having to... <laughs> having to run all our stuff and just, just deal with all our mess in it. But, you know, um, I, I don't know if what I'm saying is making sense and all, you know, but you, who sent you? Who sent you? That's why, I did, see, the, one of the worst things religion did to you is to make you believe you got born again and then wait for Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's one of the worst things religion did. That you can get born again and then now wait, go to class. And it's even us that would determine whether or not you're ready for Holy Spirit. Wow! Wow! Look at you. Say, hmm. Two more weeks in the class. We, we, regulating Holy Spirit. We, implying that we got somebody saved. And then we are now waiting for them to receive Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is how you are born again. If you don't have him, you are not born again. You are just in the choir. The day that they eventually sold you the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's the day that you got born again. Going by religious parameters. Are you getting this? So he prays through us. And because he prays through us, we have the guarantee of the Father's ears. So that's the confidence we have. You're born again because of the Holy Spirit. So you pray. Anytime you open your mouth, like, so where were we? I don't need to know what I prayed. If I pray the language of the Holy Spirit, I pray the mind of the Father by his help. It's up to him and heaven to decode what I prayed and bring the benefit to my life. So at any point in time, anywhere, anytime, in any circumstance, it's not something to be ashamed of. 
Oh, you can stand and be on the phone. Inside the bus. Oh, come on. You can speak Yoruba anyhow. Speak Hausa. Shouting Igbo that you are not. You can stand in there between your lines. I'm proud of my culture. I'm proud of my culture. Hear how foolish you sound. You actually sound very foolish. Very foolish. By sonship standards, very foolish. Oh, Papa, are you calling us foolish? Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. He starts and says, Oh! Because your citizenship changed. Your citizenship changed. Are you saying we should not uh, communicate and relate with our people? That's not. If you heard that, that's your business. I'm telling you that your citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3 and 20. Does that make sense? Learning an alien language in the human sense is not new to you. English is not your language. Please, can we be honest here? Let me see who are really born again now. How many of you had to learn English after learning, after speaking your language? In other words, you, you, yeah, you grew up, you were born in maybe Ecom or something. You, you grew up speaking your language and then you now had to learn English as you grew. One, two, see, a bunch of people. You know, some of us, you know, we were born in English, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> some of you are very local. <laughs> Bite me. <laughs> I'm joking. They don't joke with you again. Oh, time for joke has finished. Past five o'clock, your joke, your joke, <laughs> joke o'clock <laughs> ends at five. So you learned English after learning your language. You spoke whatever language you spoke until somebody sat your exam for change of citizenship, answered all the answers God expected you to answer, answered all those questions correctly. It was time to print his certificate of distinction. And they asked him, what name? When the scroll was opened, what name shall we write? And he gave your name. And then you got distinction as having passed the citizenship exam of that country. It comes with a language, sir. Learn it. And that language is facilitated by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When you speak in tongues, you speak in the language of your kingdom. And at that point, only the originator of the language knows what you're saying. And that's good enough for me. Why do I need to know what I'm saying when I'm not, I'm not the one that's going to answer my problem? <laughs> How does knowing what I'm saying help me? <laughs> I've been speaking in my understanding since I was born. <laughs> what has he done? Is anybody getting this? Oh, man. Speak the language of the spirit. The language of the spirit. We enjoy such privilege, you know. I am not going to even dabble into this. I'll, I'll pick it up next time. Because if I, if I enter this next one, ah, man. I was looking forward to it last week, to teach it this week. This week, now I'm still looking forward to it. Another week. The privilege that we enjoy as sons of God as we come into the knowledge of what we should imitate, includes the privilege of angelic ministration. And as a New Testament church, we need to correctly understand and put in perspective the ministry of angels. 
you understand? The ministry of angels. Because it's part of our kingdom privilege as sons of God. That angels work for you. Work, let me put it this way. Angels work his will for you. You know, I'm taking my time to teach certain things. Like gently. Gently. Line upon line. Shall I start small? <laughs> just like a little, like very, very little. Like, let me just do a teaser. Yeah? I do a teaser. Small teaser. Angels are spiritual beings with supernatural abilities and no bodies. Spiritual beings, supernatural or divine abilities, but with no human bodies or no bodies. And again, just before you want to go, angels, remember your mind, you can't see it. But it's there. Spiritual beings, divine abilities, no physical bodies. Luke 24. I said angels are what? Spiritual beings, right? Or spirit beings. Luke 24, I need 39. Actually, go from 36 just for context. As I said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. Jesus stood in the midst of them. This was post-resurrection. Oh, Holy Spirit. I said what Jesus went through on earth. He went through as a man. Who was here when I said it? Yeah? Okay. Jesus resurrected. Listen to me carefully. He did not resurrect as a God. You know, people have preached that he died as man and then rose as God. Mm. Jesus did not resurrect as a God. Jesus resurrected as the kind of quality of man you will become. You know, I said to you earlier on that you have eternal life, yes, sir. but this body cannot handle it. But you have it. And so, of a necessity, you will need to shed this body to enter it. That's why he's called, 1 Corinthians 15, the firstborn from the dead. The first kind of man that can live in the fullness of eternity on earth. The first man that will have a body that cannot be hindered by tangibility. Are you following me now? Okay. On this premise, load 39 again. Give us the TPT. So when you, when you say, and Jesus himself stood among them. You know what it means, right? Don't put it up yet. Jesus stood among them. It means Jesus did not use doors. And it was not God. It was Jesus the man, not Jesus the God. Jesus the firstborn, typifying what we will become. Are you following? Okay, you sure? Luke 24 then. Put the 39 on the screen. Go back a, a, a verse earlier. 36, we're in 36, sorry. 36. While they were still discussing all of this, Jesus suddenly manifested right in front of their eyes. If you read the, the, the previous verses, you see that they were in the room up there and it was locked because they were afraid. Message. 
While they were saying all this, Jesus appeared to them and said, peace be to you. Now, go, go back to King James. King James says, as he said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said, peace to you. Now, see, it gets interesting in the conversation. Next verse. It gets interesting. Next verse. But they were terrified and affrighted. Uh, okay, this is King James. And they supposed that they had seen a spirit. Stay here and go back to New King James. They were terrified and frightened and Suppose they had seen a spirit. Now stay here. I told you angels are spirit beings or spiritual beings with supernatural abilities or divine abilities and no physical bodies. And suppose they had seen a spirit. And Jesus said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Go on. Behold my hands and feet, body. But glorified. Behold my hands and feet that it is I myself. Handle me and see. This was not spirit. This was not God. Yeah? This was Jesus' demand in a glorified body. Wait now. Handle me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Who was appearing and disappearing anyhow he liked. Jesus' demand in a glorified body that's the body that you have been deposited with to inherit you have eternal life now but that eternal life you have now will now wear a body that is deserving and fitting to carry it this is that last day of the lord when corruption shall be put off and where if you do this now, you will hit your head against something. It doesn't mean you don't have eternal life. The body to handle it is loading. <laughs> because the moment he entered it, firstborn from the dead, nothing could stop him. Stone was still there. He left. I'll show you later. Maybe not today. An angel came and rolled away the stone. Not to let Jesus out. To let them in. Because when the stone was rolled away, they went in, the place was empty. He said, don't let anybody make you feel like the son of God rose from the dead and he needs an angel to help him open the way to go out. But Jesus in a glorified body shed every limitation because he had entered that day as the firstborn. The firstborn. Firstborn. The only one as at now that has already entered the glorified body that we shall also enter. It wasn't Jesus God. Though. Like, oh yeah, son of God. You know, Jesus the son. Like, the apparent, you know, it was Jesus the glorified man. Jesus, let me put it this way. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me. That you understand it. Jesus, it was Jesus the completion of salvation. In other words, the Jesus that resurrected is the final specimen of what salvation looks like when it is complete. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you understand? Like, like real pattern son. Like when you have gone through perfection and sanctification on account of what God is doing. Not you. When God finishes with you, this is the result. Until then, he preserves us. Because he's the one that knows the finished picture. Jesus was the epitome of that picture. Appearing, disappearing, doing stuff willy-nilly because he was in a glorified body. That was just by the way. 39. 
Behold my hands and feet that is I myself. Handle me and see for a spirit. Take this as definitive. In other words, interpret this as Jesus defining how a spirit operates. So make it definitive. So when we say angels are spirit beings that have powers and don't have bodies, why do we say that Jesus, if anybody should know how spirits function, should the person that created them. Because he created them. Oh, oh I'm not going to come to it today. Angels have not been from eternity. Only the father with the son and the spirit has. Has been from eternity. Everything outside the father, the son, the spirit was created. Don't limit creation to time lapse. You know? The evening and morning, first day, evening, if your evening and morning, your Genesis one, water was already in in something. <laughs> Farmaments were already in existence before creation, as chronicled in Genesis one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was without form and void. And darkness, first of all, was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of the Lord hovered over the surface of the waters. Genesis 1-2. No creation yet waters. No light yet waters. Where from? So Jesus saying spirit does not have flesh and bones was definitive. He was defining that by essence vitally speaking spirits do not have bodies and then it will make sense to you why they are always looking for a body does that make sense so when Isaiah I think writes and says a body thou hast prepared for me oh father help what abiding house to get this the body that was prepared was the child that was born for the son spirit that was given to you. <laughs> Spirit. Nobody. Just like you yourself were made before you were formed. And then put into what you were formed. Isaiah 9.6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Son. Word. Beginning. Never born. Never born. The same was in the beginning with God. For this spirit to function in the earth, a child was then born to be a vehicle for that spirit. Does that make sense? Because spirits don't have bodies. And it's not lawful for spirits to operate on the earth without body. So the moment the son was given, a body needed to be made ready to yes, accommodate sir. him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are you here? Yes, so spirits, no body. Look at Hebrews 1, 14. <laughs> I love it here. Okay, let me double back to... Six, just so you get what I mean about angels being spirits and spirits having no bodies. But when he again brings the firstborn 
into the world. He says, let all the angels of God worship him. Yeah? First born, as Jesus was being born, Pekin, Pekin Jesus, let all the angels worship him. So you can understand how angry Paul was when he was warning them, don't worship angels. Do you get it? Let all the angels worship him. And of the angels, he says, blah, 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 blah. We'll come to that in a minute, but scroll forward. So right now, this guy is talking about angels, right? And then he comes to verse 13. And verse 13 says, what to which of the angels has he ever said? Sit at my right hand. In other words, God has never said of an angel, sit at my right hand. Make sense? So what's the subject matter now? Angels. And he has never said, he has never elevated them to a place of sonship. So talking about angels then, he now goes to verse 14 and says, are they angels? Not all ministry, now come back to that, but for now, concentrate on the word. Are they not all? You see that? So Jesus says, spirit doesn't have body. And I said, angels are spirit beings. And scripture says angels are spirits who minister. We'll come to the ministration part of it. But I hope with these few scriptures you have been able to be convinced that angels exist, are spirit beings with supernatural abilities and no physical body. That means they cannot slap you. I told you that they were not from the beginning. They were created. And that's a very tough statement. Nehemiah 9. Nehemiah is between Genesis and Revelation. You'll find it before we close. Are you there? Nehemiah chapter 9. I need verse 6. You alone are the Lord. Are you there? You have made heaven. Somebody say one. The heaven of heavens. Somebody say two. Let's stop there. With all their host. Now, I've never seen this in any other translation, but let's, let's see. NLT has this. Even the message, I suppose. You alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heavens and all the stars. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them. You preserve them all and the angels of heaven worship you. Let's see in the message. You made the heavens, the heavens of heavens and all the angels. So please, I'm not teaching you ACGs. You see, it's important to look at scripture for what scripture says. Not for how somebody interpreted it. Because you see, somebody can come and say host means skies. But it's never, it's, never, it's never ever implying when he says he's Lord of hosts. He's never ever saying he's Lord of the stars. So you have to be careful how you transliterate some of these things from the original language. So you don't come and translate host to mean stars. There's no emphasis in him being Lord of the stars. And the context already established it because it goes on to say, and all the angels worship him. So message puts it on nicely here. You keep them all alive. Heaven's angels worship you. Start the verse again. You are the one God. You alone. You made the heavens, the heavens of heavens, and all angels. You made. You made. You made. Somebody say you made. Let's let's see it in the Amplified. You are the Lord. You alone. You have made the 
heavens, the heaven of heavens with all their hosts, the heavenly bodies, spirits. Go on. The earth and everything that's on it, the seas and everything that's in them, you give life to all of them and the heavenly host is bowing down in worship. Is it, is it coming together for you? Okay. So you see that that's clear. Let's look at two more scriptures about the fact that these guys were created. Psalm 148. Remember, is it, is it the Revelation force that says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for thou hast created all things. Who has it? Thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are 11. For 11. You're worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist. King James says, For thou hast created all things, all things, and for thy pleasure they are. Go on, yeah. For thy pleasure they are, and were created. Where were we? Psalm 148. I love teaching God's word. I need verse, I think verse 5, but let's go from verse 2. Actually, let's go from verse 1. I might as well go from verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him all his angels. Praise him all his hosts. Same thing, tautology, emphasis. Praise him sun and moon. See the difference. Praise him, you heavens of heavens. And you waters above the earth. Let them praise the name of our God. Who is them? Heights, angels, hosts, sun and moon, heavens of heavens. Right? Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded. For he commanded and angels were created. Lest we be careful to equate to them the same quality of eternal life God has. Because become, they become mates of God. If they've been there as long as God has been there. Then there's no reason why we shouldn't worship them. There's no reason why they shouldn't instruct us in righteousness. I mean, we can take the nature of God. If I'm going to just say God is like this, we should listen to them. Because they've been there as long as God has been there. Or have they? Colossians 1.16. We all know that one. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven. Just in case you missed it before. All things that are in heaven and that are on the earth. Visible, having bodies. Invisible, having no bodies. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Angels inclusive. Are you following? All things were created. Next week I will start to show you how angels speak to people how that had particular emphasis in the old testament but even in the new testament we see angels speaking to people and they will understand the place of that the scope within which they speak Do you understand an angel appeared to me and said if you don't repent you will that's not an angel because angels do not dabble in matters of doctrine. <laughs> in our righteousness and faith journey, angels say nothing. No angel has been employed to police your salvation. No angel has been employed to police anybody's salvation. Do they speak? 
yes did they speak yes are they still speaking yes what are they speaking this concludes this message thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you for inquiries and further information please send us an email to info@thebasiliacommission.org or visit our social media platforms